We come to the Gospel reading today from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, starting in the 35th verse. As you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of it, all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is it not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? The gospel of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. As we encounter the fullness of the image Jesus gives us in His Word today, we'll begin with another image. In the folklore of my extended family, do you have stories like that in your family? About attending a church potluck where we were supposed to, for each family, we're called on to bring a covered dish. And so a member of our family was appointed to bring said dish. And when it was time for the potluck, we arrived and they had faithfully accomplished their goal. They had even gotten a brand new covered dish for the occasion. And as we arrived and saw the smorgasbord of food before us, uh, she wondered, where did people get all the food for their covered dishes? You guessed it. She brought an empty covered dish. <laughs> Letter of the law, to be sure, but not quite, I think, what was being imagined. And it is that level of confusion and misunderstanding that Jesus speaks to us today and speaks to the crowds today in the Gospel of John. He has, as we have read these last couple of weeks, just fed the thousands, 
just walked on water, and now he teaches because they still didn't get it. And as one commentator puts it, moves us from the obtuse to clarity. As Jesus says clearly, I am the bread of life. Interestingly enough, scholars will debate whether this text is about Holy Communion. Those in traditions like ours that read the scriptures and see that this is the real presence of Christ at this table can't help as this text continues to teach be a foretaste of the Lord's Supper. Others wonder if it's talking about someone else, usually those in the tradition who think Holy Communion is just symbolic. But either way, it's important to note that everyone agrees that life, its meaning, the substance of salvation is found in one place in this text, Jesus. And as we encounter God's Word today, we need to remember that what we bring to Him and to this table is nothing more than an empty, covered dish. But when we leave His table of grace, the Lord's table, when we leave this encounter with Jesus, we leave filled with the bread of life, full, overflowing, as these building images remind us, with basketfuls of leftovers, full and ready to share with the world. That's where we're going today. And so Jesus boldly and compassionately speaks, did you catch this in verse 36? speaks to those who don't yet believe. Are you a skeptic? Maybe you've even left this table not feeling full. Maybe you wonder about this whole business of faith at all. Well, consider this. For this is us. We humans, we want fulfillment. We seek what eminent, Philosopher of our day, Charles Taylor calls, and Aristotle before him, human flourishing. We want more. It isn't just enough to be successful. We're driven for more. Allow me to illustrate. I discovered this week that I share a birth date with a famous and wildly successful author of the 20th century, William Somerset Maugham. A story, as recounted by Kent Hughes, but first told in the London Times about Somerset's last days, his last year that he was alive, at age 91, in fact, living a luxurious life in his beautiful home on the Riviera. His nephew came to visit him, and his nephew noted that his dear uncle was reading the Scriptures, Reading the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, in fact, interestingly enough, where Jesus was teaching about the feeding of the thousands, and he read, Mon did, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world 
and lose his own soul. Well, Mon had gained the whole world, fame, fortune, everything you could imagine that this world has to give was his to be had. And so he thought these words of Jesus were just bunk. He dismissed them. But then as he ruminated and that word settled in on him, he was disturbed by it. And then finally, distraught and in a crisis, wondering if his whole life had been a failure. It's said that Mon, who died later that same year, to our knowledge, never resolved that crisis and died an agnostic. But what we hear in the text today in the Gospel of John chapter 6 is that our Heavenly Father does not want it to end for us like that. And so I ask you, believer, I ask you, skeptic, to consider this. Do you not want more? Do we not want more than our bellies filled? Do we not hunger for meaning, indeed transcendence? That this universal human longing, like other longings in creation, have their counterparts, have their counterparts found in reality. Thirst, there is hunger. Thirst, there is water. Hunger, there is food. Relationships, we're surrounded by family or friends and others. Those longings follow what is there. And so our longings for transcendence, for more, for deep meaning, flow from a personal transcendent God. And so we come to Jesus today who tells us what we now know aligns with the reality of the human condition. That we need more than signs, more than four bellies. We long for meaning and purpose. We long for eternity. And Jesus is out ahead of us. And he makes clear the of the reality that creates those longings when he says, I am the bread of life. So what does this mean? Linguists and scholars will know it is I, as it's translated from the Greek, ego, me, which in other contexts is just simply translated I am, echoes back and alludes to God's self-identification back in Exodus 3, I am who I am. Jesus is giving an indication that he is divine. His reality creates our longings and can only be filled by the one who sets this table, the one who is the bread of life. More than we can imagine, but what we really need is Jesus himself. And so, as he said, leading into this reading for the day, just a few verses earlier, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. For the people were wondering if Jesus was going to bring the new manna. Jesus is explaining that they didn't get it even Back in Moses' time, this gift of life came not from Moses, but from God the Father. 
And He, Jesus, flows from the will of the Father. This promise, this bread of life, is real and standing before them. James Boyce, author and theologian, asked the question, is he as real to you spiritually as something you can taste or handle? Is he substantially real to you? As real as those longings. This is one, as he writes, one of the continental divides in the life of the soul, and this is where thousands flounder. So I invite you today, don't be like the crowds in Jesus' day. Don't be like the crowds in our day who just want want what they want instead of truly hearing the truth. Let us move from the obtuse to the clear as Jesus teaches us not to be fooled. Don't substitute the absolute truth of God's word with lies of self-fulfillment or self-sufficiency or self-help or self-actualization even. Or whatever else is sweet to the ear. Don't replace this living gift of life, the living bread of life in Christ Jesus with junk food. Don't substitute it for something that won't last. Let those longings be met by the one who gave them to you first. Come to the word and allow, yes, the Holy Spirit to convict and disturb you like it did for Mon, but don't stay there by dismissing it. Go to where the Holy Spirit is leading you, where the Father, as we'll read, is drawing you near to the gospel of new life, the bread of life, Christ himself. Jesus died so we won't die in despair. But as Jesus said, so that we can live now and forever. That is true human flourishing. And what do we need to come to him? Well, here again, verses 37 and 44 remind us that just like it was God the Father who provided the manna, God the Father provides for us this gift of faith revealed to us through His Son. And like the Israelites who didn't do anything to earn that manna, they just gathered it anew every morning. God invites us to gather anew each day this gift of faith that is ours. After all, all we bring to the table are empty, covered dishes. Remember? For no one can come to me, Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So we are being drawn in. Now, gather this gift. Jesus is moving us from the obtuse to the clear. He is the bread of life. He doesn't want you to leave this day or any day like Mon in distress, in despair, in the false thinking that you can get there on your own. 
The Father is drawing you near to be fed at this table, to be fed in his word, to be fed by the bread of life. Robert Mounts notes in ver- about for- verses 47 and 48, and talking about what it means to believe is a present possession of everlasting life. That faith is not, as he writes, a one-time event that covers all exigencies of the future, but an ongoing trust in God that transforms life and the conduct of the believer in the here and now. That those who are allowing faith to become the controlling factor of their existence, they're gathering it in. And so I implore you, those who are being drawn near to the Father, who are connecting those dots of those longings coming from a place of reality, a personal transcendent God revealed to us in Christ Jesus. Yes, the bread of life. I implore to you, don't end with arrogance. Don't dismiss this gift. Receive this gift and be fed. Mounts will continue. Spiritual food both satisfies and creates a desire for more. What is permanently satisfied by eating the bread of life is the deep-seated hunger in the hearts of people created in the image of God. You were made for this. So don't be satisfied by those things that won't last. Don't be fooled to think that you can fill up your dish yourself. Even heroes and caregivers satisfied for a time by their good works that God sent before them. Psychologists tell us sometimes become disenchanted by something known as compassion fatigue. Nothing we do, even good works, will save us. So come to the one where you will never grow weary, never grow hungry, never be hungry again. And please, having been fed at this table, please, having been truly filled by this overflowing gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ, take those extra basketfuls and share this faith-filled gift that the Father has given you. Share it with your family every day. Share it with your fortune. Share it with your fame or your friends Yes, even on FaceTime and Facebook. And like we said in previous weeks, living a life like this, in and Him and through the one who is the bread of life, will do more than you can ask or ever imagine. And He will ask you to do what is hard. He'll invite you to carry the cross. Having been filled with this bread of life to share from his bounty. So beloved of God, the Father is drawing you near. In humility, by his power, I ask you to eat and drink and believe and then go out those doors and share with a hungry world and then truly live. Amen.